Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I feel on edge because I had my setup. I've had my lockdown setup since day dot. In fact, before day dot, because I forced everyone to work from home a week before it was cool coronavirus. Uh, but my microphone of many a year far before oh, yeah. wrestle talk the blue yeti which is such a common occurrence in any podcaster's preliminary setup they sold died. out of their they sold out of their entire stock when lockdown happened because everyone was buying them to start their own podcast it's very well reviewed but now after 4 years of incredibly sporadic use but Four months of very heavy use. It's just not being picked up by the computer anymore. So now I've got I've got this long, complicated setup of a mixer and a mic stand and an actual professional mic that I took from the studio that smells. It's made me think, is this does this is this what the studio smells like? But we oh, don't get I, it because I, I do you know what I, I get a bit worried about that because like this room that I, I'm in my office gets very hot and there are times where my wife walks in and is like, Oh, it's very bad in here. It's Lukey's got a pong on, she says. I think I have. I think I have like my I mean my knees weak, my palms are sweating. Like I am very hot in this room. But I can't I can open the window, but I'm I'm just so afraid that like a big bike's gonna go past. Mm. And I'd find that very annoying if I was listening to the podcast version of this show. So I keep it closed because they can't hear me sweat. You can't hear it. And it really wait, you can't wait, see. I think I I think I can. Yeah, that is hold on. That's yeah, I can I can hear that. That there's definitely something. Oh, oh, that was gross. Wow. Yeah. Where did you hold um, the microphone up to to create that sound? <laughs> Never will you know. Um, <laughs> but that, that Blue Yeti mic, um, do you remember when we recorded in Costa after going to see uh, oh Warcraft? God. We used that microphone to record a podcast with. Oh, I was furious that Costa would not stop 
their stupid generic was it a christmas time thing it was like a christmas uh, playlist it was just, uh. it was they had a generic playlist but when we got an email from a guy mm. who listened to the show who worked in costa and was so mad because it's like I, tr- I listened to podcasts to get away from that playlist and then i listened to your podcast and that playlist is in the background it's one of those playlists that's just the most generic kind of acoustic background non-offensive mute like pop acoustic but also rock pop non-good yeah but because it's so vanilla because it's so bland it's actually really annoying if you start oh, yeah. to tune into it yeah yeah so super annoying i also told you i got engaged on that microphone as well yeah many memories all alone in the moonlight Sure, what, what should we do with it? Should we like send it off? On, <laughs> like a Viking funeral. A little burning boat. Salute it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I think what we should do, we should get into today's podcast because we're reviewing mm. AEW and asking the question, hey, should Eric Bischoff be the general manager of, of WWE, of AEW? <laughs> There's a lot of comments in the chat being like, why are you trying to make it WWE? Anyway, here is the show. last night's episode of AEW because he's back and better than last year Eric Bischoff made his sort of he was the mystery surprise person who was going to moderate the Super Wednesday debate between Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy yep it sort of leaked out last week on Reddit uh, but whoever's doing those leaks now that's two things they got exactly right so when they post their next spoiler it's most likely going to be true uh, so we all kind of knew it was going to be Eric Bischoff leading up to this, but AEW kept it a surprise until they he actually came out. Yeah, Eric Bischoff on a TNT wrestling show in 2020. I thought they, I would have thought they'd have advertised it ahead of time, like mm. to maybe try and get that. Like I know, like surprises can often draw people in, but to actually advertise the Eric Bischoff, particularly because a lot of the the people that are after in terms of the audience are those people that were watching Nitro in the 90s to be like, hey, look, Eric Bischoff's going to be on TNT for the first time in 20 years. I, I would have thought they would have done some advertising around that, which is why I did. I was holding out hope it was going to be Lance Storm. But shout out to not only that, uh, the person who reported it, but the super chat we had in last week, they said it was going to be Eric Bischoff. Absolutely. Well done, you, sir. Bang on the money. Yeah, that was before the report leaked, wasn't it? That was just some speculation from someone. Uh, I So... This was a good wrestling cameo. I think, you know, the last five, ten years, we've seen many nostalgia acts from the past come back and either be used a bit rubbishly and get buried, or they're used to bury everyone else. So it's always this idea of people from the past are more important than the present. What I thought AEW did tremendously well, and actually looking back at AEW, its history as a promotion, have done very well throughout, is using characters from the past, DDP, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard. They're using these huge name wrestling icons to supplement the present, not to overtake it, and they don't get overexposed. It was a perfect use of Eric Bischoff here, to the extent it was so good that I actually want a bit more of him. Mm. yeah I, it's so interesting because like i i didn't get that 
from this the same way that you did that you were kind of like you know when we were talking about what we're going to call this show and you said i, I eric bischoff as aew general manager and my instant thought was no, absolutely no i, I don't mm. think we need like a general manager type authority figure particularly because they're now saying you know tony khan is making the matches so so you know they've, they've kind of already got a storyline version without the need for an on-screen character but i will give the devil his due because i'm not the biggest eric bischoff fan <laughs> I thought he was very, very funny in this segment. I thought here the interplay with him and Jericho was really funny. There's that moment later when Jericho is like, I've, I, I've known you for 22 years and I've never liked you. And Bishop just goes, it's 24 years. Yeah. <laughs> and I know exactly how you feel. It was, <laughs> he was, yeah. So I guess the larger debate is, does AEW need the general manager? No, they don't. They're, they're making some cracking TV. I thought, I thought this was one of the best episodes they've ever done. I feel like I say that every week at the moment you know the old hey if i want to get someone into wrestling who's dipped out for a while i'll show them this episode here's another episode that i would show them just from a starting point um but with bischoff he i was all set up to not like him because you know he's he's very combative he he's he, he's a troll essentially he's what he's he's a from art who are stuck in that hey, all heat is good heat. It's like any publicity is good publicity. Controversy creates cash. He's kind of one of the leading proponents of that mindset in the wrestling business historically. So it's like you know, Eric Bischoff, Jim Cornette, people who just say controversial things, regardless of the facts, they get a rise out of people. So I was I was like, eh, I'll see how he is. You know, I always like seeing the Bishop on TV, but because he's such a good performer, I think he's still got that gravitas and presence. But when he was there, he actually gave so much to people. I thought, man, if someone booked Bischoff as a character correctly, that could be a force to be reckoned with, even now in 2020. Well, I was going to, you know, it's, it's easy to forget how good Easy E was as a character during the Nitro days. Like, you know, he legit was like him and McMahon weren't just fighting over the ratings for their company. They were fighting over the ratings for each other. You know, they were both mm. characters on TV that were drawing ratings and Easy e would draw legit heat from the crowd if because he, he's such a smarmy prick. At least, you know, he certainly was like in the, the late 90s because he's just got that face about him. That's just this young, cocky, arrogant dick. And I think now in the sort of like Twitter landscape and the sort of like modern day of wrestling where he's got his podcast, which is essentially I like Brian Alvarez, colon, the podcast. It's uh, I think he could be quite a good combative character. It kind of in the way that people said like, oh, wouldn't it be hilarious if Jim Cornette was in AEW? I was like, no, I think it'd actually be quite troublesome. But Bischoff could like fill in that sort of that role that people want Jim Cornette to, to fill in AEW. Yeah, I, th I mean, you know, I don't could Cornette's such a divisive character as well. But as just if you take all of their personal baggage out of it, putting both of them on TV as characters, as performers, Jim Cornette is fantastic as an on-screen personality. He's, his promo skills are almost unparalleled, even to this day. And to put him and like, oh, obviously, his wrestling brain as a sort of creative force behind the scenes, too, I think. Um, and you can take a, take or leave many of these suggestions. But if you, it's a shame that there's these really, really talented people who, who I would argue, you know, Bischoff, who's to say he wouldn't pop a rating? 
and then continue to pop those ratings if announced ahead of time, if more of a permanent presence on Raw. Because he doesn't really work as a as a manager of a wrestler. He's never been that kind of guy, really. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, actually, I, I could get behind that. Yeah, I think, like he feels more like he would be like an, an authority figure, a GM, yeah. if you will. Um, but yeah, if should Eric Bischoff be a general manager on AEW TV? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no for this one. I Because mm. I, I don't think as a company it particularly needs a general manager. But if it did, I mean, to be honest, like, it, it probably would be the best choice out of sort of the legends that they have because he's already got kind of like that gravitas about him of, of having sort of like pride. Like he'd be a better choice than DDP. As much as I love DDP, Eric Bischoff would be a better general manager than, than Dallas would. So maybe I'm, I mean, maybe I'm talking myself into it. My initial, <laughs> my initial gut reaction is no, but yeah. like the more I think about it, more like, well, if, if you're going to use a guy like that, maybe that is the best choice question mark. Mm. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? It's, and and you say DDP, he's got that lineage as a wrestler, but you know, the lineage of Eric Bischoff on TNT, kayfabe running a wrestling promotion, it's it it does fit. Let's see what you guys think. But, uh, I'm but, before, a... but like just before though, do you not think it would get the the complaints of just like, I mean, people already say that it's WCW 2.0 or it's TNA 2.0, and mm. you know Bischoff has been a GM for both of those shows. Do you not think that would just further those comparison from the negative Nancys who already aren't buying into the company? Oh, definitely, without a doubt. Definitely. I guess the question I'm more interested in is what will actually be more effective. So if you sort of take out the Twitter buzz and storm or, or any sort of inflated, over loud whining, uh, it's like, would Eric Bischoff in 2020 on a wrestling show as a general manager bring in lapsed fans, i.e. net uh, create a net gain of viewers overall to a significant portion? I... I think if done rightly, it could, but the key there is right, you know. Mm -hmm. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash boast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Do you like wrestling? Do you like improv? Do you like role-playing games? Then you'll love No Rolls Barred, presented by the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Six players come together to create a fictional wrestling promotion, roll dice, and create the kind of insanity that real companies could only dream of creating. Can Tony the Milkman survive the twilight of his career and still find time to care for his wrestling son? Can the Denimatrix overcome the vicious apex and achieve total denimation? Can brothers Golden Joe and Silver Bro coexist? exist as a tag team before they combust. Find out now with the wrestling show that everyone's talking about. No Rolls Barred is available wherever you get your podcasts and only presented on the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Let's get on with our $25 a month or more Patreon shout-outs because we've got a lot of super chats to get to after that. Thank you. We'll always mark out for Ollie Landrum. Hey, very nice. Luke's favourite fan, the one, the only, the awesome Bubba. Thank you. The roller coaster, Robert Acosta. Very nice. Don't have a Shane Cowley, man. Thank you, Shane. Ryan B. Bad. Oh, he's bad. Hey, do you know what? This guy can last Sean for longer than you in the ring. Like it. The British Bulldog, Philip Boy J. Smith Jr. Woo! There he is. Ryan Disco Stewart. Like that. Your best friend, Neon Pal at... Yeah. You're a wizard, Harry Burgess. <laughs> Not really seen the movies. Don't know if that's a good impression. The Snapdragon King, Ryo Adonte. Oh, he's good. And he's no jackass, Dano. Thanks, Dano. Thanks, everybody. Let's speak. I know, we're, I, know, I know we're low on time, but I do want to put over the Patreon poll for Wrestle Talk Extra it's because hot. currently it is hot, right? And it's hot because it's SummerSlam. Currently leading, and I believe it was neck and neck before we came on air. We're either reviewing SummerSlam 02, the return of Shawn Michaels, Brock versus Rock, or. It's going to be, I think that's even got Test versus the other ticket. Or it's going to be SummerSlam 2010. Ten years on from the death of the Nexus. Louis Dangor's favorite pay-per-view of all time. And it's legit one of the worst shows in wrestling <clears throat> history. It was a show that nearly quit. I nearly quit being a wrestling fan off the back of that. Same here. Same here. Closest I've ever come. That is what we've got on offer. Those are the two front runners. Very, very exciting times to be a patron right now. Should we see what everyone says? Yeah, I saw in the live chat there was a lot of no, 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 no. Yeah. 
No. I think I think no. Might... Yeah, I was going to say there's a lot of people who are saying no. In fact, I'm pretty much. I mean, everyone is saying mm. no. Let's I mean, see Gabriel what Caruso, our first yeah. one here, to answer your Eric Bischoff question. No, 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 not again. For the love of Christ, no. Also, Darby Allen should be called Darby All In because the dude rules. 100% mm. every match, he's the man. Yeah, brilliant storyline. We'll get on to that later. Josh Dominic says, Bischoff on T- TNT again was really cool. Mm. Yeah, so that I did actually... I did enjoy- Tony Schiavone calling Eric Bischoff. Like, that actually, you know, that was that's a little bit of chills there. That was quite oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, James Hanley, if the debate is the wrong way to promote a match, then I don't want to be right. So that's the sort of uh, yeah. the overall segment, not just Bischoff's involvement. I loved it. I thought it was a great mm. segment. Uh, Jobber JJ 496 Holly Davis is number one fan. Uh, Mantar movement leader right there. Orange Cassidy is the greatest. He should beat Y2J. 100% agree. I think you've got Ooh. to get Cassidy gets the win here, gets them one apiece. You build to the rubber match. Um, Siddharth online Cassidy promo was great, but the whole format was WWE. I, I think that's unfair because, mm. like, to say, like, I'd be like saying, like, oh, they did a promo in ring. That's very WWE. Oh, you know, they like. I, I don't think it's a specifically a WWE thing because WCW did these sort of things. TNA did these sort of things. Like every wrestling company has done this sort of thing before. Yeah, I think what Siddharth is is doing there is using WWE as a shorthand for rubbish, right? Yeah. Because because in truth, like this was this is an in-ring segment. And in-ring segments aren't exclusive to WWE, and there is a wide ranging quality of them. You can get excellent ones. You know, some of the best things in wrestling have been in-ring segments. But then you can also get karaoke segments too. I thought this was really good. And mm. you, you shouldn't paint I mean, even WWE put on fantastic in-ring segments as well. You can't just all dismiss them because they're not in-ring wrestling and it's not two hours of pure New Japan-style stuff. Meltzer! Uh, <laughs> I love you, Dave Meltzer. Uh, Zachary Jenkins, Orange Promo of the Year, LOL. I mean, it was probably Orange Cassidy's Promo of the Year. Mm-hmm. And Kevin, this is an interesting point because I think this is more what I'm getting at, but maybe um, it's sort of not coming across well. Bischoff, as a general manager, doesn't necessarily mean he'll be a creative backstage. I think a lot of people are afraid he would destroy AEW like TNT and WCW. TNA. I said TNT. Yeah, TNA. (laughs) He's literally going to destroy the entire channel. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think that that is a, a fair point. Like, as a character... Yes, as a creative mind backstage, perhaps not. As a, as a business maker, perhaps not. But yeah, maybe it's just like, maybe, uh, that's actually probably on me as well. Like, I think I do that. Like, as soon as you say, like, Eric Bischoff's going to be involved, I'm like, oh no. Like, I just get flashbacks to him ruining my favorite promotion in TNA. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I'm not saying that he would have any creative involvement backstage. I'm purely as an on-screen character and using that on-screen character to draw lapsed viewers in. Uh, actually, we've had a few more on Bischoff come through, so I'll do those. Uh, Sawyer, Bischoff was surprisingly tolerable because he was used with restraint. Totally agree. That is the key to this cameo's success. But AEW shouldn't have any authority figures. No GMs, no commissioners, please. Yeah, I think that's fine. I I do agree. I do agree to an extent because we've had so many years of wrestling promotions run around authority figures. But I do also love a great heel authority figure. I like a good baby. Like Mick Foley 
when he was the commish, oh. that was great. Yeah. It was so good. An authority figure can be good if the whole like promotion's not built around them. Like that's the problem that WWE have often had with their authority figures is the whole show gets built around what the authority figure is doing when they're not the important character. Like they're a, they're just a facilitator for the other characters. Mm. Yeah, they had tremendous success with the Mister McMahon character, and then just tried to repeat that uh, sense. And why, you know, why wouldn't you? It was such a industry-defining feud. Uh, Anthony Pride, if you had, if you had listened to the podcast between Bischoff and Tony Khan that happened before fight for the fallen, Tony Khan has great admiration and kind of mirrors the good years of WCW. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's it. Like all of WCW wasn't bad. In fact, nope. you know, a, there, there was some really, really great stuff in there. And Eric Bischoff was in charge when the good stuff was happening too. Absolutely. Like you know, the Sting run into Starcade mm. is genius booking that was just ruined by politics and ego. Yeah. And House of Fuel, surprised that business ethics wasn't on the debate <laughs> topic. <laughs> So, yeah, thank you very much for your super chats. We will get to all of them throughout the show. Don't worry. We'll be answering them all after we've done our play-by-play -play review. Uh, but before then, Luke, usually you <laughs> announce your Friday podcast co-host. Oh, and I'm going to do it again, my friends. Boom! It's Muscle oh. Man Malcolm is joining us for the podcast tomorrow more, uh, tomorrow on Friday. Very much looking forward to having a chat with him. I'm going to be recording it after I've done this uh, podcast, which is going to be a lot of fun. Really looking forward to having him on the show. Go check him out over on YouTube. He is Ollie. He's a he's one of those young YouTubers a that actually does person. like that does like proper YouTube videos. A vlog. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like the way he edits and stuff. So I'm watching. Like, I was watching his videos. Like oh. Oh, this is what this is what you're meant to do, not what we do, which is very ramshackle. Yeah. So the wrestle talk news that was me trying to do that style, yeah, but not doing it very well. Instead of creating <laughs> this naff offshoot style, <laughs> it's become our own style. Mm. Um, yeah. So what are you going to be talking about tomorrow? That is uh, that is to be decided after I've done this show. <laughs> Likely something around Raw Underground because mm. people are still talking about it and. It's funny, like I recorded something with Laurie about it today uh, for the Fight Network uh, podcast show. And he said, like, I'm so glad you asked me to talk about this because I've not got a chance to talk about it. And I've had so many thoughts. <laughs> what was his thoughts? Oh, he, he, just, he thought it was no, he thought it was a uh, absolutely a yay, just not the way that they did it. Like, yeah. you know, it was Shane McMahon and his Air Jordans. Like, just he, he's his term was it was like the rich kid's birthday party and he got to do whatever he wants <laughs> that's a great that's a great line Right, so should we get on with all of this episode of Dynamite? I've already kind of said my thoughts in, for the overall episode. I thought it was women's division aside, which is, mm. you know, we'll come on to that. It is, it is what it is, unfortunately. You can launch as many industry-changing subscription platforms as you like, Brandy Rhodes, but probably start at home first. Um, yeah. I thought this episode was quite brilliant, in a in a different way to previous episodes i've liked a lot of the last couple of months of aws like a, a lot a lot but this one 
struck an emotional character chord that I found a lot more rewarding than normal. Yeah, the amount of times I wrote in my notes, that was ace, or that was really good, or in the case of the the opening 12-man tag, fantastic match that was so great and it ruled and I loved it. <laughs> I uh, Yeah, I mean, we'll get on to the women's stuff because boy, howdy, is there stuff to say. Just what I think, man, we can't have that conversation again for another week that is literally verbatim every week. Turns out there's even more to say this week. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I, I very, very much enjoyed the show. I thought this was a great episode of Dynamite. Yeah, uh, before we actually get into the thing, we've ha- I've just seen a comment. Um, we should probably address it. <laughs> it's from Fightful Pro Wrestling because he doesn't have anything better to do, Sean Rossap. Six days, you losers, he writes. Six Thanks days. For Thanks for the viewing figure, Sean. Yeah, yeah. That's all you are to us. You're just a little <laughs> number on our live stream concurrent stats. No, he's he's just one of the many numbers on our live stream stats. You're all numbers to us. You're all <laughs> all numbers. <laughs> right, so it's not true. That's not true. You're all people and we love you. Speaking of numbers, there was a Go. lot of them in this opening tag match. It was. So you get a cold open on Dynamite. Unfortunately, no Excalibur again. I still really miss him, but JR was nowhere near as salty as last week. I think people had a word with him. Although well, it's, it was oh, taped last week. It was taped last week, yeah. Yeah, so that which explains why Excalibur wasn't there. But I think like Jay, oh, like yeah. someone had said to Jay, I was like, "Will you stop bringing up the bloody the referees? Calm down, will you?" So this opening twelve man tag, which I didn't think would open the episode, I thought this would be more. Well, I guess you had the world title match, so it's a perfect place for it. Really, when you look at the overall structure of the show, great way to hook in people right from the offset. I cannot wait for the demos this week. The camera opens on the Elite and FTR, and they're all just standing there in a row, all six of them in the ring already, no entrances, and the camera's like down low looking up at them. It's your typical superhero shot. It's the Avengers shot, right? It's the and Civil then, War shot, right? Mm, and then, uh, what? just like the, the attention to detail here, it says FTR and the Elite. And I'm like, which side does Hangman Page fit into? Because Page yep. said he left the Elite. So I, I, you know, usually the the elite and yeah, double or nothing. He came back to the elite. I, I was, I was reading all the little text to see if there was any mention of Hangman's allegiances, but alas, and then it cuts from that shot to a reverse shot of the corner of the ring, which has all five members of the Dark Order there. Well, four, sorry. And Brody Lee in the middle, like just sitting on the, the top turnbuckle, just sitting there looking out over his empire. And Colt Cabana is also there, just slightly along in the apron. With two shots there, two edit, one edit, technically, two shots edited together in the middle. You have told so much story. I know that Colt Cabana is slightly still adrift from the Dark Order. He hasn't fully joined yet. I know Brody Lee is one mean mother effer. I know that the baby faces are all standing together right now, but there is some dissension. You don't have to do 48 camera cuts in two minutes. It's all I'm saying. I th- I just thought, I, what a way to start an episode. Yeah, I thought this was so, so cool. Did you see, um, did you see the tweet that uh, Hangman Page did last week? When like he had the match graphic and it was you know the elite and FTR versus Dark Order and he said when you think about it we're sort of in a cult too and uh, 
Colt Cabana replied to go like, not me, mate. I'm just hanging out with friends and having wrestling matches. Colt's performance. Oh, man, I nearly emailed him after watching this episode again. <laughs> you are so good right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got his email. What of it? What of it? Um, so, yeah, you start Sorry, let me that. pick that name up for you. Cheers, man. Can I? Yeah, 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 so yeah, I'll email yeah. him now. Uh, so, yeah, you've got, so you've not just got a feud between these two teams. You've got feuds within, not feuds, but sort of character dynamics within the teams. And there's so much story and character potential to talk about here. Haven't even touched on the FTR, Hangman Page Omega stuff. They're the number one contenders. Yeah, right. And you just, just, you just put all that to one side but tell it at the same time as having this absolutely blinding, exciting Jamama fueled match. Jamama? Was he a, a baddie? For, was he a baddie for Doctor Strange? Jamama. Jamama. <laughs> I've come to bark in Jamama. <laughs> Um, I mean, my favorite, like, I, I loved this match so, mm. so much for all of the, the reasons and the drama that you talked about there. <laughs> but my favorite bit of drama in this was there's a spot in this and he, he was already selling this anyway. Dax picks up an injury. He doesn't move and he hurts his knee and he kind of like goes to the corner and, and Cash goes over to him and the young bucks go over to him and they go out of the ring and everyone goes out to check up on him apart from Kenny Omega, who's just like, I'm just going to continue wrestling this match now. He's, he's the legal not... man. I know. I know he's the legal man, but like everyone else is telling, oh my God, this guy's injured. Kenny's like, no, I'm just going to, I'm not even going to check, not even checking on him. I'm just going to continue wrestling this match. Mm. And then they take Dak to the back and the Young Bucks come back, but Hangman Page doesn't. And so it's then it's Kenny and the Bucks against six guys. And then from out the back comes Hangman Adam Page because Matt can't get the hot tag, right? And so Hangman Page gets this hot tag who is full of fire and just hits the most fire hot tag comeback. It is amazing. It's insane of how good it is. He like throws whichever one, like it was either five or nine into the corner, begging Brody Lee to tag in just face to face. It was so, so great. And the finish saw Hangman Page nearly take out Omega with the buckshot lariats and he would have done had the dark it had Uno and Grayson not pulled him off the apron and he turns into a discus clothesline from Brody for the win it was just spectacular stuff and that is just one storyline that was running through this match yeah we can't touch on everything although I really want to although <laughs> yeah, I really I want to say Matt uh, Matt Jackson also had a hot tag to lead into Hangman Page's hot tag that was Cesaro levels of running around the ring and taking out everyone. I also want to say, I can't wait for Stu Grayson to eventually get a singles run. The man is Carl Anderson levels of awesome. You know, like yeah. I'm just waiting for him to get a TNT title feud with someone. I love, love, love watching him wrestle. But yeah, this is all Brody Lee. Like just because because in that bit when Hangman Page is running wild and like Brody Lee is just staring at him like who do you who's who's this prick to, yeah. to use a Lucasm is <laughs> this prick think he is <laughs> and and like Brody just stands on the apron and watches Page take out members of the Dark Order even though he could step in and stop him and Hangman Page gets all the way up to the top turnbuckle does the big moonsault to the outside Brody just watches him. 
So Hangman Page gets in and yet yeah, then stares down Brody and Brody's like, oh yeah, boy, it's on now. And I was scared. I was scared that the elite were going to win here because they were, that the elite are the tag team champions. They have every right to win still. Mm-hmm. But definitely booking wise, long-term wise, it's the Dark Order that had to go over here. And I'm, I'm really, really, really into the Dark Order right now. I can't believe how good a job they've done with this faction. It so, is remarkable, right? So when Brody won, I legit popped at 20 past seven this morning. I yelped out loud. I don't do yeah. that often because I was just nice. so happy that this was done to perfection. Yeah, the, this the Dark Order. Really- The Dark Order looks so important now because they've beaten all these people. But all the people they've beaten do not lose a thing because they were beaten by themselves. Yeah. And I was going to say, almost almost to echo just your point, this was a great night for the Dark Order. They looked so... I mean, because a lot of people will make fun of the Dark Order and be like, it's hard to call them an imposing force when they do lose a lot. But, you know, like, they looked so great on this night. Not just in this match, but in the tag match later with Cody and and Matt Cardona, Reynolds and Silver were my MVPs of that match. Same. I'd like yeah. poor poor Cardona. I'm not I'm not thinking about Cardona. I'm thinking Absolutely about not. Dark Order, and then I'm thinking about Scorpio Sky. Yeah. And then I forget what else happened. You know, it's <laughs> uh, but an absolutely just just perfect perfect sports uh perfect sports entertainment perfect professional wrestling just brilliant oh and cabana knocked out the chicago skyline as well which i love yeah. seeing um so yeah then we got a john moxley promo after taz revealed that ricky starks and brian cage are banned from the night from the arena a really nice just attention to detail there to explain why cage is away and still keeping cage in that mix of title contenders Three people right now feuding over Mox's belt. I really like oh, yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah. But Mox cuts this promo on a stairwell, which wasn't like, you know, it's not flashy, like, wow, one of the best promos of Mox's career. Like, you know, how Cody can just pull out of his back pocket at will, seemingly. This was understatedly one of the most emotional promos he's ever cut. Yeah, this was talking about how. When I was younger, I was a very reckless wrestler. You know, I would do death matches. I would do this, that, and the other. And it turns out now I'm the voice of reason. And Darby's like a younger version of me. And uh, I, the last time we were in the ring, I nearly broke his neck. And I don't want to be the guy to end Darby Allen's career. So when I tell you to stay down, you better stay down. It was, he, and that's the thing with Moxley. What I, and what I love about him is that he doesn't need to do career best promos every single week because every promo that he does is just like it gets over everything you need to do. I think he's he's just fantastic. I'm re- I really love him as world champion. I really do. On that line, uh, when it's time to stay down, just stay down. It continues, even though I know you're not going to listen because I wouldn't. Yeah, like in that line, he just he he's, and it's what it's it's so vital because now you've given me so much context going into the main event where I can see it's not Mox just wrestling with Darby Allen, who he's a fan of. So there's already that dramatic conflict there anyway, but he's wrestling himself. Yeah, so he's right? he's, he's sort of making peace with the past. Oh, just oh, oh. Uh, then we got a really solid tag match. 
Yeah, which again had so much wicked character work in there because one of the things that I can say about AEW, aside from that they've not done right by their women's division, I don't think they've done right by Santana and Ortiz either. Like, they're legit one of the best teams that they've got in that. In a, in a, in a company that's got the best tag wrestling on the planet, Santana and Ortiz are among the, like, the, the legit elite that they have, but they've not really been given the, the proper push that I think they should have. So I was really worried going into this, being like, man, because they're so high on best friends. This is just going to be another loss for Santana and Ortiz. It's another loss for the inner circle. That and that kind of sucks. But it was all character based, and that's and it's so they took that loss and just used it to motivate other things, which is a brilliant way to turn a negative into a positive. The commentary we're putting over that this is Santana and Ortiz, one of the best tag teams on the planet. They're not in the top five. They were, and they're not. This match for them now is a must win. Mm. And they dominated this match for a large portion of it as well. Absolutely dominated it and could have picked up the win on a, on a couple of occasions, but best friends, you know, showed some resiliency to keep kicking out. And they won with a surprise, like roll up win. And the look on Ortiz's face when he got rolled up and pinned told you everything you need to know, which is just like, I cannot believe that we lost again. And it just the frustration on both him and Santana was wicked to then play into the angle they did later on. I thought it was wicked stuff. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that angle now? Because uh, yeah. Santana, sorry, best friends, Chucky e. T and Trent would, would drove Trent's mum's car, Trent's mum called Sue, to the uh, to the arena. They parked it in a safe place. They put great. <laughs> But like I didn't pick up on it at the start, but they went through great lengths to say we're going out of our way to make sure nothing happens to this car. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, good good parking space, bro. So that seems seems totally normal to me. But you would reference yeah. how safe this area is. But of course, it was all setting up a attack on the car. Santana and Ortiz, in this frustration, went and just destroyed this car, like yeah. with the sledgehammers through the like the through the tables through the windshield there was a great bit at the end when ortiz just lobbed the sledgehammer like a dart and it went through yeah. the front windscreen it's like and all the while ortiz is screaming do you think we're a joke mm. like do you and i, I thought that, that that that's it that's what you need to know from this is that yeah people are treating them as if they're a joke yeah and and it's weird because it's kind of a jokey feud right if you just if you wrote this down on paper two guys drive their mum's car to the show it's not just a car it's a minivan it's a they minivan <laughs> minivan they drive their mum's minivan to the show go and wrestle win a match and their opponents then smash the car up you know that's that's inherently a silly storyline but they played it so straight that i am now more scared of santana on ortiz it's interesting to see the inner circle right now because although they are affiliated we are seeing them branch off into their own feuds more. And initially, when it started to happen, you know, a month or two ago, I was a little bit like, ah, but I like seeing them all together all the time because they're so good together. But now I'm a bit like, ah, this is actually quite needed. Yeah, I, I think it is. It is quite needed. Like, it's kind of like you have the new day at the moment with Kofi and mm. Woods out injured. He's going off on the singles run. You didn't need to break the team up for, for E to have a singles run. You could just do it with the team still intact. Same with Kofi. Kofi didn't leave the New Day to have the Kofi Mania run. So I, I, I quite like that, yes, Antonio is going after this and being this more vicious, like, and, and that fits in with Jericho doing, like trying to have this more vicious feud with Orange Cassidy. Yeah. That also I, has I, its own comedy elements to it. I really like it. Uh, Trent took 
uh, it, like it was Trent being worked over for the entire match, by the way. He didn't even get a hot tag to Chucky. So they're still very much on the Trent, the Trent wagon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they love Trent. He's fantastic. Uh, another killer segment right after this, because it was the follow-up to MJF's campaign launch last week. He's address, he's presidential rally to become your AEW world champion, a champion we deserve. He gave us a tour of his campaign HQ. He walks in through the door. Someone offers him, like he goes cue ball over here as a bald guy. And the guy gives him some gum. And immediately, like there's no way he could have tasted it. MJF spat it out and said, that's terrible gum. You're fired. Yeah. And then a lad didn't have a poster up straight. He's like, does that poster look straight to you? And he's like, just doesn't even look at him. He's like, I don't know. It's like, well, if this wasn't on the floor and was used up here, you'd see that it's not straight. And then points to, what was the girl's name? He's like, give me the numbers. Yeah, don't I talk, can't just remember smile. Yeah, uh, because he's getting over that sort of misogynistic thing of, you should sit, all, all women should smile, otherwise they look unattractive. Uh, but yeah, the, the stats, the polling figures <laughs> had him with an 188% lead. Yes, and uh, Moxley had, I believe, a minus 80% yeah. deficit against him. Yeah, he MJF had about... F- half a billion votes like i'm not making up those numbers i think it was in the the sort of eight figure range yeah uh, but that so really really funny really like it's it's a really interesting way to take a, a world title program it, it, it does make the world title feel really important and that it's got this kind of presidential pomp and circumstance behind it and I love the line as well, because someone asks him, what if Darby Allen wins tonight? And it's like, oh, what if the 120 pound emo kid wins tonight? Yeah, it would suck to fight him for the title, which sets up the the seeds that happen later mm. on in the main event. I thought it was, it was great stuff. Smart heel, because it's not about it's not about the wrestling. It's not about who he gets to face. All he wants is the title. I it's love not even that. About, it, it's not about Moxley. Like his no. whole Mox isn't my champion is not about John Moxley. He just wants the title. It's kind of Triple H-like, right? You know, like Triple H's strongest run was because he was just obsessed with the title. It wasn't really about who he was feuding with most of the time. It's just Triple H doesn't want to lose the title in the in the sort of peak of the Attitude Era. So, yeah, he's got that sort of compulsion, but uh, in a different way. Yeah. Uh, loved it. Uh, after that, we had Matt Hardy come out. Well, he was already there, cut, cut to the ring. And he cut this, like... <clears throat> It was an interesting promo. I didn't yeah. know where it was going, really. He said, AEW listens to their fans. They, you, you know, you said you want to see Matt be Matt. So that's yeah. why I'm trying to help Private Party. I see a lot of my brother and me in them. I also tried to help Sammy Guevara. And he sort of goes down the Sammy Guevara feud uh, route and, and Sammy Guevara eventually attacks him. They brawl. But the, yeah, the crux of this promo was the fans didn't like the broken mat stuff which you know we said just it was jarring a bit and it wasn't really connecting and he was kind of admitting that they've dropped it that's exactly it it was a bit like when brandy did that interview with brian alvarez saying we've dropped the nightmare collective because the fan response we were getting for it was negative and it wasn't working so we're course correcting that's what this matt hardy promo was is that when i came into aew i wanted to do the broken Matt Hardy multiverse with all of these characters, because I thought that's what fans wanted. But what you've told me is you don't want that. You just want me to be Matt Hardy. 
And so that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be Matt Hardy. I'm going to listen to the audience. If that is really what he said, because, you know, I, next week he might come out with a totally different personality and say, that was a different Matt who said that. If if what he's saying is true, and that's actually what they're doing, then bloody hell, that is, that is such a difficult thing to admit to it, in front of everyone as well. Like, we got it wrong. And it's not just like we got it wrong. That is a gimmick that Matt Hardy created, had such success with to a to a limited audience. Let's always remember. But you know, and it was really close to his heart and really turned him around from this kind of joke, unfortunately, in the wrestling industry to this genius. Yeah. And he goes to WWE, he signs a deal with the devil. They don't give that gimmick sort of the the sort of attention and and prominence it it warranted really and and now it's passed him by it's quite yeah. it's quite sad it's quite tragic that he won't be able to do what he wants really but to, to be able to recognize that it wasn't working because it wasn't it wasn't terrible but i wouldn't say it was i was looking forward to these segments every week no and it, yeah I, I think you're right like it must really suck for for matt because yeah he signed with wwe at the height of the broken hardy stuff being like the, and he was on top of the indie world with the broken hardy stuff and everyone loved it signed with wwe and they were like not doing that you're a nostalgia act you're just going to be the hardy boys and matt wanted to do the broken stuff and wanted to do the broken stuff finally convinced wwe to allow him to do it we'll do it a different version of it. you can trademark you can do this that, and the other WWE gave it a half-assed attempt and basically allowed it to fail. And so Matt then spent the remainder of his WWE contract as a nostalgia act frustrated. So he's gone to AEW. He can finally do all that creative stuff. And what the fans told him was, we want you to be a nostalgia act. <laughs> that must really break your heart, man. I mean, I think like, I haven't seen it, but I think he said on <laughs> being the elite or something that he is still going to do the characters on that show, but it's just going to be part of the being the elite world as opposed to being on dynamite. And, and to be honest with you, like I kind of said it from the start, it, it didn't work when he was teleporting all over the building, the segment with like when Jericho was feuding with Vanguard, mm. it just wasn't really working. It didn't gel in AEW yeah. for whatever reason. Well, I think yeah, the the reason's quite clear. It's it's not it's not a promotion that logic can sustain that kind of zaniness. Mm. Um, it's it's too reality focused. Uh, but yeah, I mega mega props to Matt and AEW yeah. for for course correcting so quickly and mm -hmm. not just like pushing ahead regardless of what was working and wasn't must have been a difficult conversation uh, to have had with each other and themselves um but yeah sammy snuck up and i thought this this was actually the most into matt i've been for a long time actually sammy sneaks up behind him matt got in the i knew you'd come line which was a nice reference and they brawled what a brawl they had they go outside matt looks like he felt like a, a legit hardcore threatening incredible force here towering over sammy but sammy also was giving it back chucks this chair at matt's face bloody hell did he throw that chair at matt's face yeah but you can work it you get your hands up and you slap it down makes a really good sound i mean like he bled a gusher like i don't know man like it oh that was like a bloody it. job surely i i mean I, I, that's what i'm saying like the way that it it was either such good selling but it looked like sammy just threw that so hard that it hit hardy in the face it could have it could be it could be just i i i would imagine 
I mean, he, he visibly got his hands up, so I don't don't know how that would work. Also, the camera then followed Sammy Guevara all the way up to the the ramp, and he stayed up there for a bit. So the camera wasn't on Matt, where I presume mm. he was blading. I don't know that for sure. It's just how it looked to me. And then Sammy does this, like, usually he gets more air on his flips, but this was just like <laughs> he launched Blow. himself downwards. Still managed to fit in three spirals. But yeah. So, I mean, I, I for me, if I was to be uh, making predictions, this feels like it's uh, building to a TLC match at All Out between Sammy and Matt. Or even, like... Sammy and a tag partner versus Matt and someone else. But yeah, like with the table and the chair and the doing the dive, it just felt like, yeah, maybe we're building to TLC. You son of a bitch. Don't you get me excited. You know how I you know how much I like TLC matches. It's one of the few yeah. gimmicks that really still get me going. Yeah. Um, apparently uh, Louis just said apparently Louis uh just messed with me, said it wasn't a blade job. Um Matt needed 13 stitches. Oof. Wow, I hope he's I hope he's not concussed. Mm. Maybe that's why Sammy stalled at the top. Then he was like, "Oh crap!" That's, well, that's what I figured because, like, it, like Matt was bleeding a bloody gusher. Like mm. it really, really was deep. Um. So then we got the Ortiz and Santana beating up the car spot. Oh, we've got to mention it because it is a it is a logic hole. Uh, there were cameras inside the car. Yeah, yeah. didn't need it, mate. Like what? What did that camera? What did that camera angle add to the beating of the car? Like mm. you know, it it added nothing. It didn't need to be there. More camera cuts because because it exposes uh, folks that it's kind of fake pro wrestling. Because why would the cameras be set up inside the car to catch this supposedly impromptu attack? I started to try and justify it in my own head. I was like, well, you know, they did drive the car there. They they knew that maybe they did some ride along stuff before. And I thought, if I'm go if I'm trying to make this work this much, no, it's it's not right. This is biased that my mind's trying to make it work. This was a bad, bad logic hole. Uh, after that, we got possibly the weakest thing on the show, apart from the women's division, which is a, which is a real shame to say because it was Matt Cardona's in-ring debut. Where yeah. He teamed with Cody. He got a big pyro pop uh, when he came out. They were against the Dark Order, John Silver and Alex Reynolds, two guys who, you know, were fantastic, but you know, they're, they're, they're jobbers, they're enhancement talent, really, in the grand scheme of the promotion. And like me and Luke said, after the match... All I can think about is how good John Silver and Alex Reynolds are. Yeah, I mean, my notes are very slim on this match, which is just they're building to the Matt hot tag. He gets it. Bloody hell, Reynolds and Silver look amazing. Cardona hits radio silence and wins. Yeah, not the rough Cardona. It's radio <laughs> silence. It's the rough rider. He's got it, given it a new name off his old entrance music. Uh, the Also, freaking out, you never see this because it's such a dangerous bump to take. Cody and Silver did a suplex over the rope. So, you know, you're in the ring and you suplex over the top rope. Always, always gets reversed, apart from a few rare exceptions. There's one in the CM Punk John Cena 2011 Money in the Bank match. And they just took this because, you know, when you go over, the momentum and the, the sort of weight on the other side, damn physics, just spins you over. Oh, yeah. Look like a, a nasty bump, but I do appreciate the commitment. But yeah, Matt just, uh, Cardona just hit a, a pretty basic hot tag and won. I, he looked good. 
Like he looks in great shape. Mm. It's you know the I think it's the best in ring he has felt in many many years. You know probably since WWE like pretended to care about him in in twenty uh, twenty ten or whenever it was. But it was it didn't like as I said like I came away thinking man Dark Order are really really cool and Scorpio Sky came out to challenge Cody and I I saw Scorpio's um, promo that he did on Dark. And I was like, I'm I'm kind of more into that. And Cardona just sort of felt like the third most important thing in this segment. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a shame. It's kind it kind of is similar to what we just spoke about with Matt Hardy, in that you do a deal with the devil, and the devil, it's up to him how he treats you. And sometimes if you stay there too long, you give up your best years and you also are presented in a certain way for so long that it's very difficult to ever shake a certain image of you. And uh, this was our concern that we said last week about Cardona. And he needed an impressive performance here. And it it was very vanilla, I'm, I hate to say. I, I hate to say it as well, but like as I said last week, I'm already getting vibes that we're getting Cody versus Cardona at All Out. Cody will win. Cardona becomes Sean Spears and it's just another like I I all power to Cody. He fully believes <laughs> that Matt can get himself over again. So when he got himself over to that level mm. with Z True Long and Long Story, he can do it again. I don't know. I don't yeah. I think too much time might have passed. Uh then we got the AEW super debate, which we well, uh Trent and Trent and Chucky sort of accepted, not accepted, but they shouted at LAX, uh, proud and powerful. The car, the car spot. Uh, but the Super Debate Wednesday segment was where Eric Bischoff came back. We've spoken about him, but we haven't spoken about the Cassidy Jericho interactions. Uh, Jericho answered the first three questions, being like, Cassidy sucks. I'm the best. Cassidy just gave each question a non answer. He didn't say anything because he's low effort. And then Eric Bischoff asked the fourth question, which was, What's your views on climate change? How would you solve the climate crisis? Uh, you know, not a wrestling question, not a question pertinent to this feud. And Jericho answered as much. He said, I'm not going to answer that. That's a stupid question. It doesn't relate to what we're talking about here. Goes over to Orange Cassidy and Cassidy just reels off quite a detailed, eloquent answer about climate stats, the rise of sea levels across the world, uh, the sort of investment that needs to be taken to combat this. And it was it was a really well done gag. He's actually done something similar in the past for his film reviews. Have you ever watched one of these? No. It was in I can't remember what show it used to be. It was sort of a it was Trent Beretta. No, not Trent. It was Chucky e. T's like compendium show thing. But Orange Cassidy did movie reviews in it in gimmick, mm, and right. it'd be like Goodfellas, good, uh, The yeah. Godfather. Yeah, it's all right. And then it goes on and on. And you do that for about a minute. And then it goes fast and furious. And he does this four minute long breakdown of everything in fast and furious. <laughs> and goes, so it's, 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 yeah, I found it funny. And yeah. that's, that was the answer that won him the debate. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the silent Bob moment mm -hmm. of mm. you don't say anything for the whole movie. And then you do the big chasing Amy speech. Um, I thought it really worked. And actually what I really liked about this segment and why this particularly worked for me, although my, my big note from this is that it would have been so much better in front of a live crowd. 
because if you had a live crowd that was super into Cassidy doing the big oh before he'd mm-hmm. answer a question um but it was Cassidy's reasoning behind this and like Cassidy kind of made this whole segment make sense because really when you write it down why on earth are we having this big debate like it makes literally no sense but Cassidy breaks it down to be like you arranged this to embarrass me because you want to have a debate with the guy that doesn't talk you want but I'm not embarrassed I'm not embarrassed by any of this but next week I am going to embarrass you because you're going to lose to the guy with his hands in his pockets and it really like it I thought it was such a great promo and a really good build for next week's match. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. It's classic Jericho. And the person who said that the in-ring segment felt too WWE, I think that all of WWE isn't bad. This, this is the exact same structure that Jericho's best segments had in in terms of like a festival of friendship, say, where it's comedy, 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 comedy. At the end, you twist it, you go serious. And it's such an effective sleight of hand move. Uh, Yeah, I I thought it was very, very well done too. And it has made me into this feud again and into Cassidy when I was waning after the initial match. Um, My little prediction, by the way, to, to build the rubber match Cassidy wins with Mike Tyson's help. Well, I mean, yeah, I I feel like we're still building towards something with Tyson Mm. at all out. Yeah, possibly. Um, Jake and Jericho also attack Cassidy. Jake Hager looked really, really good in this. Like he's his offense are really legit. Um, then we got the women's segment. It can't all be on YouTube, can it? (laughs) So Britt Baker said that Reba, which is Rebel is going to face Big Swole. Uh, if Big Swole can beat Reba, then she gets the match with Britt Baker. This was announced last week. And Rebel has a match with Swole. It's a comedy match, goes a couple of minutes. Uh, in kayfabe, she's a makeup and hair person. She's not a former wrestler, which but she is. She, you know, she was in TNA. Um, and she wrestles as if she doesn't know how to wrestle and keeps fluking out good moves. And then Big Swole eventually won with just a forearm. And it's like, ah, I, this is this is funny. This is a funny thing. It, it made Big Swole look a bit rubbish because she she was beaten up so much by someone who's not a professional athlete. Uh, but, you know, I, I love the Baker stuff. This didn't really make me want to see Swole versus Baker more, but whatever. What the real pain here was is that it was the only women's segment on the show the same week that your all women's tag team tournament launched you had nothing you had no mention no recap no promo package of this supposedly industry pushing forward thing and the day later or to, on the same day actually AEW announced AEW heels yeah. a paid for subscription service which is meant to provide uh, a community for female identifying fans to feel welcome in, which is a great idea. A great, like, you know, and and the, the idea that you have to pay for it, I've seen some people be against, but if, if it is a sort of platform that helps develop you within the business, 
that is very standard. You know, it's it's a professional thing. That's the vibe I got from it because it's got like seminars and stuff like that. How the, how it's got meet and greets. Like you would pay to go to like mm. at Comic Con. You would you would pay to meet people. Yeah, it's not the the price that's that's bad here. It's that it's, it's it just feels like hypocritical in a way that you yeah. What well, we're the ones to teach you how to get ahead in in women's wrestling when your flagship show treats them as a massive afterthought. Yeah, this was not a great week for AEW and their their women's division. You know, kicking things off with that, putting it onto a YouTube show when you kind of you you sort of advertised it on TV, um, and then said actually no, it's going to be on YouTube. So and then you don't know, recap it on this show. This match is under four minutes and it's the only women's wrestling on the show it's um yeah it's 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 actually a shambles it is mm. quite bad and as you say like especially coming off the back of the really negative press that they got for aew heels which was not helped by cody responding to people really like it was bad form on cody's part to respond to people in the way that it, like not just responding but in the way that he responded to people as well in such a dismissive manner I thought was actively damaging. I thought it was a really, really bad, bad show. But it's so baffling because they are so good at listening to every other bit of criticism to the extent where we'll criticize a slight thing. You know, it's, there's a few few people complaining online about one little tiny thing. And then the week after they've changed it and made it much better. But we've been criticizing their women's division and the, the presentation of it since the start. And yeah. they they make worse mistakes. I don't get it, it. Well, no, and it's you know there was the, the the tweet replies that you brought up in the news, which was that like you have a platform. It's called your TV show, and you've done absolutely nothing to better women's wrestling. I I I've got no issue with with heels, particularly if it is sort of designed not just for female fans to have a safe space because the, the fact of the matter is you and i and i would wager probably a lot of the people that are watching this show will never know what it's like to be a female wrestling fan in such a male dominated space and to feel unsafe at times like we will never know what that is like and i think that the aew sort of providing a safe space where they can sort of enjoy wrestling and enjoy wrestling together i think is actually a really good thing i and if it is sort of designed to sort of like how to improve yourself and as a, as a wrestler to try and sort of like make bigger strides, you know, Brandy's doing like a social media seminar, although, I mean, but first of all, <laughs> don't, don't do what Cody did. I mean, sort of like, you know, um, here's our guest speaker, the iron Sheik. <laughs> <laughs> so like, but yeah, so the price, and like, you know, I've, as I said, like meet and greets and, and things like that, like I've, I've paid to meet people at signings and stuff like that. So, and it's, you know, 50 bucks for the year. I, I, some people have misreported it as 50 bucks a month, which is you know, staggeringly. Like, if it was 50 bucks a month, then it's nonsense. People pay a lot of subscription services for a lot worse things than that. But the key point to this is that you launch this supposedly groundbreaking women's tag team division tournaments, whatever it is. And the two matches went out there, weren't great. And that's fine. You know, that's absolutely fine. But you can edit around that in a video package to kind of tell people to go and watch it on your TV show that's watched by more people. And they didn't. Um, you, Louis said this morning, if you were watching this show and it's your first time watching it, do you know who the women's champion is? Yeah. And you don't. You know who the world champion is. You know who the TNT champion is. You know who the tag champs are. 
No idea who the women's champion is, though. And they got three minutes, under under four minutes for this match. So it's 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 unacceptable. It's almost like we're being trolled. I do, it, it's staggering that a company that seems to have so many values in place can can fall, fail so spectacularly in such a big way. Yeah, uh, but we've uh, we, we've gone very long already. We should probably do the main well, event and all the Snapchat. Well, Snapchat. the other thing, Snap, the other all the Snapchat. The other thing on that as well. All the TikToks. Is, uh, next week is tag team appreciation night. You're doing a women's tag team tournament. There's nothing of that on next week's show because next mm. week they announced it's Cody versus Sky for the TNT title, um, Cassidy and Jericho, Paige and Omega versus Jurassic Express, and Dark Order versus the Young Bucks with the Rock and Roll Express and Anderson and Tally Blanchard having sort of like an in-ring segment. No women's matches announced for next week. Not even when you're running a women's tag team tournament and it's tag team appreciation night. Yeah. Yeah. We Open know. goal. Yeah, it is. That's what it is. It's the open goal thing. But the main event was, I think, actually superb. Yes. Uh, it was Darby Allen versus John Moxley. And Allen comes down with the printed out mask of Moxley, but one eye is torn out, which is a really nice callback. It's that attention to detail that really, really rewards you from long-term viewing and being a fan. And they just square off against each other in the ring. Moxley rips off the the face mask and i'm kind of like i'm filling in the internal dialogue in my own head i'm thinking moxie's like oh you little punk but i was ex i would have done exactly the same thing at my age and but then, it's also like, like it ties into moxie saying that he's wrestling himself yes you know, he's wrestling yeah. a younger version of himself i didn't even get the it was a freaking exact mirror image <laughs> <laughs> layers upon layers upon layers it's really 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 good and Alan does a few slaps. Moxie, huge punch, busts open Alan's mouth. And they that's the story of the match. Alan just won't give up, keeps going at Moxley. Moxley, stronger guy, bigger guy, boom, hits him down. It's like, stay down, stay down, stay down. Keeps on getting back up. And Moxie's kind of wrestling with this thing. I don't want to have to hurt you so much because I'm actually a big fan of you, kiddo, and I see a lot of myself in you. But ultimately, it's for the title, and he has to. Some sick bumps in this match as well. Uh, Moxie just throws Alan off the stage, and Alan gets so much post. speed. Yeah, and he just launches himself headfirst into the ring post. Yeah, it was commercial break. Nuts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely nuts. And then they do this spot where Darby kind of like breaks Moxley's finger. So Moxley's then like resting with this mm. sort of like broken finger. And that's when we got Wardlow comes out. MJF slides into the ring to hit Moxley with the title behind the referee because he'd rather face Darby Allen. Because again, it's not about Moxley, really. It's a facade that he's made up that it's about Moxley's not my champion. It's in the same way that a president or, you know, the, the president is going to go, whoever the person he's going up against, it doesn't matter who they're going up against. The goal is to win. And so it doesn't matter that if Moxie's champion or Anderson's champion, they're still not my champion. I'm still going to be the champion. I, I, I wish I really, really liked. And then Moxley, uh, Moxie kicks out of the coffin drop. Moxley's bleeding at this point. Counters the second coffin drop into the rear naked choke, just begging Darby Allen to go to sleep and give up busts out the gotch pile driver for an incredible near fall. And then Moxley has to go to the corner and just sort of like almost say a little prayer to himself to be like, do forgive me for what I'm about to do and hits the paradigm shift for the win. Absolutely loved it. Perfect stuff. 
and that the show goes off air as Moxley cradles Darby's head in his arms. It was just just beautiful storytelling. It's like it's like Moxley wanted to speak to himself as a kid and say, you know, you know, it's okay, mate. I, it's hugely, hugely rewarding. I, I really got a lot out of it. Uh, and also, like, in the, during the course of the match, I thought, well, I'm loving this. I'm loving this story. I'm loving the character conflict. I'm loving the action. But Darby's not winning. And as soon as I think that, Wardlow comes out. MJF yeah. title shot. <gasps> you know, no, so no, I get right. into those near falls. Just ah. perfect. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Um, yeah, overall, I gave it a four out of five. But, man, it's a... AW has some high freaking standards right now, and that is a very big four out of five. That's a yeah. seven out of five for Raw, really. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'd agree. I think I'm going to go high three uh, for it, just because the women's thing really did irk me, and that kind of that, yeah. that takes it down a notch for me. But as you say, like AW, you've got such a high bar for themselves that, like, it, it isn't it. It's just it's bonkers, but I love it. I love it's bonkers in such a good way that this was like an average TV show for for Dynamite. And it was wicked. Like it, it was fantastic. <laughs> and it was just like, yeah, that's that's just what they do on a week to week basis. Yeah. I love it. Love it so well, much. You, you know, that's that's what I look for from the rest of the shows I watch. I look for most of the shows I watch to be consistently very good. That's why I watch them. It's not like this abusive relationship I'm in with WWE where I feel like I have to watch it because like I've watched it forever and I've got this weird compulsion to keep returning. I don't know. Anyway. Right, let's speed through these super chats. Last call for those. Ding, ding, ding. Thank you, everyone who sent some in so far. Mr. Deegan 2. I really want MJF to beat Mox for the title to then lose it to that 125-pound demo kid. I think there's a really good story there between them. And if uh, and if MJF does win, there's that Jungle Boy element mm. on the other side as well, that eternal feud. Uh, Charlie Davis. The Mox match was my favorite Mox match in AEW to date. The chemistry between Mox and Darby was off the charts, and the ending shot of Mox cradling Darby left me so emotionally raw. 11 out of 10. Yeah, I think I agree with you there, Charlie. I don't know if it's my favorite Mox match because I loved that Brody Lee. Same. Match Brody's so my much. favorite. Yeah. But yeah, like, he's just. I, I, Adam, why don't you like Boxley matches? Put your head out your ass, man. Uh, Yashav, Yashavsi, Yashav, Yash, Yashasvi, Tripathi against Bucks. Kenny was chummy and Adam aggressive against FTR. Roles reversed. Effing brilliant storytelling. I love Kenny Omega at the moment. I just think he's so great. Everyone. Christopher Jazzcat. It's my birthday. Hey. Sadly, Raven wasn't the guest moderator. <laughs> <laughs> Met Easy last year in Melbourne. He was great on Dynamite, Bill Cassidy, and the match. Totally agree. Uh, yeah, just just for because to save you in the comments, Melbourne, not Melbourne. Melbourne. Yeah, they Melbourne. Be very upset when you say that. Yeah, Melbourne. Bacon Rasher, another great AEW show. I do wonder how they do it every week, looking at the mess WWE are in right now. Also, really looking forward to Wednesday, lads. One hundred percent support Wrestle Talk and Wrestle Luke. Jam that jam. Jam We're coming jam. for it. My first ever victory. Charles Berg. Darby Allen is the you like little you like turtles kid. Prove me wrong. He yeah. does have like a racial similarity. Uh, Ifa Brennan. Orange Cassidy absolutely won me over. I used to hate him. Well, that's interesting. That's really interesting. 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah, of all the things to get you into Orange Cassidy, I wouldn't think it would be a promo. I, I think it'd be a wrestling spot. Uh, Wilson Simons, never forget Jericho is a master debater. It is. That was on Sammy's signs um, yeah. during the uh, the ad break. Here we are all master debaters. Uh, Eric Martinez, Drama Rama sounds like the final boss of Raw Underground. <laughs> Dramama. Dramama. <laughs> Uh, that is Babbitton's new name, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Sean Turner. Eric comes to AEW. Sammy Sting confirmed. <laughs> oh, bloody hell, not this again. I was actually thinking, just yesterday, I was thinking about Bailey Sting. Let's not start that again. No. Kevin, we laugh at Reba pretending not to know how to wrestle. Was she pretending? Never forget the Shelly Martinez yes! versus Rebel match. Yes! I was so angry at the women's section. <laughs> I forgot to mention that Rebel is one half of one of my favorite matches of all time. That Shelly Martinez match. Absolutely. Mwah. Is that it's where they perfect. just sort of forget the spots halfway through? That is with my favorite line in any wrestling show. My vagina hurts. The referee <laughs> says, what? And Shelley just shouts back louder, I said my vagina hurts. Also, what did the winners of the Deadly Draw win? Is there a prize? A quality? Uh, the cup. The cup. The oh, yeah, the there. cup. Uh, even Buckley. Evan Buckley. Lads, Hangman taking a pin. I can't remember the last time he was pinned. Also, can't wait for him to get back into the main event scene. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm... I'm loving the work that it, uh, but that, do you know what that's the thing i would actually say he does feel like he's in the main event scene because the tag division does feel like it is part of that main event i really good build to a brody hangman page match is happening i think and i can't wait for that uh jose quinde a tomato emoji no, it's, an or it's an orange uh, of course orange to be the first to kick out of the judas effect could you imagine no, 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 no. <laughs> I think it should be. Do you know what? I, I think it should be. Maybe that's the way to get him over in defeat. That he 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 loses, but he kicked out of the Judas effect. <clears throat> I don't know. I want Jungle Boy to do that. Sawyer, not only is the elite going to end up abandoning Paige, but so will FTR. Their heels just using him to get to the titles. Oh, and that will end up totally friendless in the end. My heart isn't ready. Best story in wrestling. So you've blown my mind. That's great. Oh, blown my mind. Uh, dances with AK-47s. I popped for the Brody Lee pin too. The level of AEW storytelling is unparalleled. Other companies' shortcomings are even more obvious because of AEW. It yeah. does become difficult to watch other stuff. <laughs> I agree. Shannon Smith, Matt Noe's character, doesn't work without crowds. That's why he dropped it. Hmm, that's, hmm. that's an interesting that's point. Yeah, Christopher, it, it could have been a very different story if Broken Matt had debuted, if there was a crowd mm. there for that Matt Hardy debut. Christopher Jazzcat, not enough time of Cardona in the ring. Cody is a heel. Uh, I, I didn't get that story, unfortunately, but that would have been interesting. Sawyer, I felt Multiverse Matt has been doing great on TV. He was so over in the stadium stampede in particular. I agree. How can we be sure it's not working when there's no fans? This feels, this feels suddenly revisionist. I think it's a case of you go by, like I said this in, I can't remember where I said this now. I think I was talking about Bailey and Banks being like, they feel like the most over thing, although you haven't got fans, you just go by social media metrics. And if everyone is telling you through social media metrics that Matt's not working, then that's all you can go on at the moment. That is, that, that's your audience telling you something isn't working. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it feels revisionist because from day one, it's not worked for me. Yeah. And if it did work for me, if I said that, 
I was now I can look back on that with hindsight and reveal uh, I was I was just wanting it to work. I think that they were they were hollow laughs. <laughs> yeah, it is funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like when I came out of the Phantom Menace and convinced myself it was good. No, I, I was too excited. I was too excited to see it. That's why. That's why I didn't love it. Christian Baltimore, Jericho's line of the night. You're a nerd, Cassidy. Yeah, I'll see you in the mall serving uh, me a drink. Yeah. Mark Flay, that MJF title shot nearly got me. I thought Derby was going to win then. Yeah, it was because great. it was so beautifully set up in the mm. um, MJF stuff. Brilliant. Uh, Malcolm Brown says women's division missing nine out of 19 signed wrestlers, either through COVID or injury. Some of these women aren't ready for long TV matches. Short and sweet to not expose them on TV. They deserve more time, though. I see, that feels like an oxymoron there, Malcolm, because you've just said that they can't do it and then said that they do deserve it. Still got 10 wrestlers for one title. That's more than enough. Um, yeah. And and then just give them two or three short and sweet matches then. Where's Abaddon? Where's like, Penelope Abaddon Ford? Been... Where's yeah, Sheena? Like... Yeah, yeah, right? Like Abaddon, you brought over this, you did this big debut thing for her like a month ago. And I've been back to dark, you go. Like what was the point of doing the big debut thing then? Apart from manager going to the Dark Order. Anyway, Colby Dennis. Kudos to AEW consistent, uh, constantly trying to build new stars while keeping credibility with established names people know. It's a great consistent content on TV. And we love consistency. Oh, yes. Nikolai Asaparadi. Uh, the elite booking their own matches is the biggest plot hole AEW have. Khan has said that he won't be on screen, so why not Eric? It should be a Jack Tunney-esque and should be done with a storyline with champ MJF calling out number one Omega or Cody. Yeah, I think that's they've taken the Tunny approach so far, haven't they? I I, mm. I really like that. Yeah, Matthew McFadden, Dark Order, see, uh, need to be conquer need to be a conquering force in AEW across all the card, men, women, and tag. Hell, even have them as a collective hold a singles title. Well, they they went that they were going that route back in December, but they rushed it and it massively backfired. And I'm a much bigger fan of the route they're taking now, which is long, drawn out, slow gathering storm in the background. So when they start winning those titles, it's going to feel like, oh, crap, all these yeah. dominoes are falling. James Handley, I understand that they are dealing with injuries, but why are they doing this tournament? Uh, and what did... Uh, but and what but what did we get? Uh, a gif of a women's match, quoting Blompier, uh, and no tournament matches on Dynamite or Dark. Why? Where is everyone? That's a good point, actually. To sort of the, the comment we had earlier from Malcolm, right? They've got enough women to do a tag tournament, so like, yeah. and you could have done, and you could have easily done those matches on TV. That's all I'm saying. Like, it wasn't like it wasn't difficult to put them on TV. Uh, Eldrick Simmons steal a WWE female star to put in AEW to establish their division. I pick Sasha Banks. Oh, that's and, good. I go for Asuka. I was going to say, I think we we said this before. If they had got, like, if Sasha Banks had gone there, I think we would have had more focus on the women's division. But I don't think because they haven't got a name, they've not put them in. Yeah, they could, they could have had Diana Perazzo. They could have had Diana Perazzo. In in fairness, Diana Perazzo did do, uh, say in an interview that she chose to go to Impact because the run in NXT hurt her so much and it made her like it, she lost all of her confidence about how good she was. So she's essentially gone to Impact to train to see if she is still good <laughs> before she goes to someone that's got an actual that's got a big platform. It's her words, not mine. Um, it's a Kevin, varying thing to say. <laughs> uh, throwback to every Rust Talk NXT podcast. What's next for Sheeda, especially regarding All Out? Great question, Kevin. Great question. Who is even know. ranked number one at the moment? They're they're all out injured, Luke. <laughs> It's a shame. It's all circumstantial. 
It's funny because people said that about uh, that Penelope Ford wasn't ready either, but then she had probably the best women's title match that the company might have put on. Uh, Will Ware, do you believe that AEW's women's division is in such a bad state that it might be time to take a risk and sign Tessa Blanchard? I don't think it is, but I feel like they need a big name. It's difficult, isn't it? Um, because they would get a blowback because she does have that kind of past. But maybe if they sign her and then as part of the signing contract, make her go on a few sensitivity courses and sort of, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a precondition of the contract that she can change, which you can, you, you can do legally in, in contracts like that. Uh, I think it's well worth it. Plus her dad's there with Tully and she is amazing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, AW could really, really do with her. Uh, Wrestle Talk related. Jobber JJ four nine six. All aboard the Mantor train movement. It's Ollie time. It's happening next Wednesday. Xander, hello Xander. Uh, Mantor movement is hereby endorsed by Xander Mania. Huge endorsement there. Amro, for F's sake, Luke, give Rick and Morty a chance. I've seen the pickle Rick clip and did not laugh. And if like, and that for me is what I get. Uh, that that I've been told that's the funniest thing the show did. Pickle Rick got over massively. I thought it was a bit annoying. Amro, not everyone can like what you like, even if it's a show as great as Rick and Morty. I agree. I know Luke. He won't like it, and it will just crush <laughs> us even more. It will crush us even more when he starts picking it apart in front of us. Michael Dominguez, last super chat because teachers go back on Monday. Polit, good luck. Politics aside, our health is uncertain, and we are all scared. I miss you all. Kept me sane during coronavirus. Wrestle talk for life. Oh, man, mate. Stay safe. Yeah, stay, stay safe, safe now. And also, yeah. just put us on in the classroom. Induct oh, yeah. the fans. We're informative. We're news, basically. Uh, I'll just finish off these last-minute Super Chats that have come in. Ty Boogie, three women's feuds on NXT, one on AEW. NXT are blowing dynamite out the water, I agree. Christopher mm-hmm. Jazzcat, Zack Sabre Jr. needs to make Moxley tap. Oh man, Zack Sabre Jr. in AEW would be that'd be great. Well, Moxie could encounter him in New Japan eventually, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ike D, what a fantastic episode of Dynamite, and how great did the Dark Order look? Wish they'd stop treating the women's division like an afterthought. Yeah, you got, yeah, no, that was a really good positive there with the Dark Order. Uh, <laughs> massive negative. What you've done is you've taken our entire 80-minute show and put it into one fever <laughs> chat there. Joey Plays did notice that after Darby hit the coffin drop, he pinned Moxley, how Dean used to pin people, where he would sit on their stomach and hook their leg. Yeah. Oh, I didn't spot that. Great, yeah. great. Yeah, well done. Uh, Sean Turner finally here. Bailey Sting meme died when she turned heel. It peaked, and it was best to end on a high note than feel forced. But I'm going all in with Sammy oh, Sting. come on, Sean. On, it's the same meme, Sean. <laughs> oh, but thank They've you. They've rebadged so it, you fool. Uh, and another epic feud. We'll try and scale it back a bit uh, as of Monday. Uh, but there's so much to talk about in wrestling at the moment. Raw Underground, Eric Bischoff, all of the things. Uh, but stick around because we've got NXT coming up later today with Luke and Laurie. That was also quite a newsworthy show. Luke has his podcast tomorrow. I do indeed, yes, with Muscle Man Malcolm. There he is. Boom! Yes. He'll be on the show tomorrow. Very much excited for that. 
we've got Pete and Lu- Pete and Andy on SmackDown's review and all the usual stuff next week, along with Quizzlemania 2000, the tag team YouTuber extravaganza. Go over and to Parts of Unknown and set your reminder now. Also, Luke's got a new series debuting on Parts of Unknown on Saturday. It's bloody brilliant. We're all very I... proud of it. Thanks, mate. I'm very proud of it as well. I'm really looking forward to debuting that on Saturday. I thought we would do something we haven't done for a while. I thought we'd do a WrestleTalk. Well, I mean that because I haven't seen you since you know, mm. the end of March. The no, European style of greeting. <laughs> <laughs> no, a WrestleTalk get better. Oh, lovely. Who's got them yeah. better? Everyone seems oh, to be getting worse in lockdown. More oh, weight. Did I, not, did I not tell you I've lost weight during lockdown? Oh, well done. How much weight? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm under 11 stone for the first time in quite a while. My, and I realized it because I went to go put on a pair of jeans and I, they were actually, I needed a belt for them. They yes. were hanging off me. And yeah, I turned out through no exercise whatsoever, I've lost weight. Maybe it's all a myth. Maybe all those personal trainers and health experts are just trying to push their own money-making game on you, Luke. Because if you are left to your own devices, you will become the rock all by yourself. I also, th- I also think not having uh, falafel wrap and chips from the van Ooh. has probably helped somewhat. But do you yeah. know what? Now that I've said it out loud, I do... I, I, there's not a huge i mean i miss obviously a lot from the office i miss hanging out with you guys and everything but i think the number one thing i miss is that falafel wrap and chips yeah but like the way a former addict misses meth <laughs> it's a very damaging relationship i had i had in the spirit of get betters a mcdonald's on saturday <gasps> did you <laughs> what did you really? And I didn't even I didn't even remember because, you know, I was a bit inebriated. We went on the pub crawl, which was very, you know, pared back this year. And uh, yeah, we went to the McDonald's food stop, traditionally where we start a food fight, much to the uh, everyone else's chagrin and the poor staff. I'm so sorry, but we only do it once a year. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we just sat down respectfully and all just like savoured these Big Mac meals. Because none of us had had a McDonald's in four months. I don't have a McDonald's yeah. that often, like a couple of times a year, but there was something about it. The return of the Mac. Yeah, it was <laughs> quite a, it was a lovely experience. Did you bring about the return of Shano Mac <gasps> through your Big Mac eating? It was me. They <laughs> <laughs> summoned him. And I'm sweaty. Is that also <laughs> summoning him? I think it is. I think it's a combination of the two is what brings Shane back. Mm, it's like saying um, Candyman I, into the mirror three times. <laughs> it's a, a weirdly specific summoning spell. Yeah, it's eating that while going money, 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 and sweating. <laughs> How was the, the Big Mac? Yeah, well, I can't remember a lot of it because that was probably peak drunk, I'd say, before eating. Uh, but the... Yeah, it it was. I just remember it being a really pleasant experience. Whereas usually, when I have a McDonald's, the first three bites incredible, and then I'm like, oh, it's like a hangover kicks in halfway through, and you've still got the rest of the the burger to eat. But no, this I was actually, splendid all the way through. I also I went to a restaurant, well, a cafe for the first time, obviously since lockdown um, last last Saturday, I think not Saturday, just gone the, the Saturday previous. Because we had some house viewing, so we thought we'll go for a walk. And then while we were out, we're like, "Should we? Should we get lunch out?" Whoa! I know, what did you go I, for? 
Well, we went to a, a little independent cafe called the Red Onion that's down on Hipster. the high streets. Well, they also do a, fa- a banging cheese toasty. So I went in there and they've got beer on tap now. So I had a cheese toasty and a beer <laughs> on tap. It was it was delightful. Well, I was, like they've I was got nearly... a proper pulling tap yeah. bar now. Wow. For a yeah, cafe. Yeah. yeah. Who also do, by the way, a fantastic vegan breakfast. Oh, it's mm. just, aside from my own, it's one of the best I've ever had. It's, it was, it's absolutely phenomenal. Very, very good place. But it was actually, like me and, me and uh, my wife just sort of looked at each other after one was like, oh, we're in a cafe. What you sat inside? We sat inside. We could, yeah, you had to book a table to get outside. And we did not book ahead. But we are going to Hastings again this weekend. And I might go to a pub. Ooh. Because my uh, my sister in law's boyfriend Mickey Mickey, Mickey. Love, he works in a pub in Hastings, so we may go to a pub for a lock in. I don't know whether we we'll get a lock in, but I'm just I'm actually like my wife's very excited because it's going to be really hot this weekend, and she's looking forward to getting in the sea. But I'm looking forward to having a beer, a proper proper beer in a proper pub. Yeah, not outside in the no. dingy dark environment of a pub that's slightly cooler than the outside that's what i want too <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have that and i'm gonna have some fish and chips mm. obviously without the fish or I'm... have you seen this video that's doing the round of the american woman who lives oh, in the uk yeah. who's made fish and chips in a microwave oh yeah have you seen the video of gordon ramsay watching i it? have i have yeah it's, it's very fun what <laughs> What? He he developed formal face crinkles when he watched that. <laughs> it's like a roadmap, that guy. Because she also, I mean, she must be doing, it must be a meme at this point, right? She yeah. knows that she's doing it wrong. Because she did like the whole making a <clears throat> cup of tea thing as well badly, like putting that into the microwave. But apparently, like Americans did say that that's how they boil water is by putting cups into microwave. They don't just boil kettles like normal people would do. Kettles aren't a thing over there. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Or like, do they just put like a pan on the stove or something? Yeah, yeah. You never see a kettle in a movie that's come from America. Guys, get on board. Holly's got a smart one. Are we going to? Yeah, I'm well ahead. I've I've evolved beyond kettles. Yeah, we're not actually going to have time to read this email now. We need to get out of here. Sorry, (laughs) WrestleTalk, get better guy. Who was it? (laughs) Mickey J. Sharp. We will read your email. I've also noticed it says sorry for the long email, so we definitely haven't got time for it. Uh -uh. We will do it on the the, the Raw podcast next week, though. Uh, But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for on this episode. It was a lot of Big Mac chats. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow with muscle man malcolm for the um magazine podcast which i'm very very excited about check out the nxt podcast with laurie and adam and smackdown with andy and pete then you've got, you got it. andy it's you it's no, you, that's isn't it? next week that's next week oh so pete is doing this one yeah <laughs> okay but anyway get excited but get excited because in a week's time it's going to be ollie and andy reviewing smackdown uh-huh. karaoke segments are plenty Uh, But thank you all so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye.